You're listening to Comedy Central. October 1st, 2018. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Tonight is an Emory University professor and author. Carol Anderson is joining us, everybody. She has, she has a fascinating new book called One Person, No Vote. So we'll be talking about that. But first, let's catch up on today's headlines. Bad news, people. Facebook has been hacked. So it looks like your high score in Mafia Wars is no longer a secret you can take to your grave. Facebook, the social media giant already under fire for not protecting users' private information, now admitting it's been hacked again. 50 million users' personal data exposed, including Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's own page. Hackers potentially gaining access to profile information like names, gender, and hometown, and accounts on other sites where Facebook is used to log in. Okay, I don't get the first part. Hackers got access to people's names, gender, and hometown? (laughs) So they logged into Facebook? (laughs) What am I missing here? No, I get why people hack businesses and credit card companies, but what value do you get from hacking Facebook? Susan Henderson likes Dave Matthews Band? We got her! (laughs) Pay us a million dollars or we'll share this photo of your puppy to everyone you know. Oh, please do! Like, there are other apps I would be much more concerned that got hacked, like Uber. Like, I don't want people to know how often I go to the Cheesecake Factory at 4 a.m. <laughs> and yes, I know that they aren't open. That's the point. I go through the dumpsters, and I've already said too much. <laughs> In other news, Melania is leaving Donald Trump behind in Washington <laughs> to go visit Africa. First Lady Melania Trump leaves on a week-long four-nation tour of Africa today. It will be her first extended international journey without the president. She'll visit Ghana, Malawi, Kenya, and Egypt. I'm so proud of the work this administration is doing through USAID and others. And look forward to the opportunity to take the message of my Be Best campaign to many of the countries and children throughout Africa. Oh, man, this is so sweet of Melania. She's going to Africa to fight cyberbullying. The only issue is that most people in Africa are still waiting to get cyber, so I mean... (laughs) And... And by the way... By the way, if you're paying attention, you'll realize this is yet another instance of the first lady publicly undermining her husband's message, right? He said LeBron is dumb. She praised LeBron and offered to visit his school. He called African countries shitholes. She chose Africa for her first solo trip. Yeah, he roots for the Yankees. She roots for heart disease. You see what's happening here? (laughs) Anyway, good luck on your trip, Melania. Uh, I just hope the clothes the kids are wearing aren't too awkward for you. Oh, and, um... (laughs) Speaking... Speaking of Africa... Speaking of Africa, in a historic ruling, a judge in Kenya has lifted a ban on a lesbian film for one week right? Because unless it's shown in theaters, the film cannot be eligible for the Oscars. 
Yeah, and I think it's amazing how even homophobia bows down to the Academy Awards, <laughs> right? Like these Kenyans were like, homosexuality is an abomination to God's word. And what's that, the Oscars? <laughs> play that film, play that film. I want to meet Meryl Streep, play that film. All right, let's move on to our main story. From the start of his campaign, one of Trump's key promises was that America would win so much, we'd all get very tired of winning. Now, it's safe to say he was right about us all being very tired. I mean, this is a picture of me when I first started hosting The Daily Show. Things have changed a lot since then. But, but believe it or not, this weekend, Donald Trump, for the first time, delivered on the winning parts. President Trump fulfills a key campaign promise, scoring a big win. Canada agreeing to join a new trade deal with the U.S. and Mexico. They gave some, we gave some, so there is a new NAFTA, and it's called the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement. Under this new deal, Canada and Mexico will be protected from possible tariffs on cars imported into the U.S. Now, in return, Canada will ease protections on its dairy market. That's right, part of the new trade deal is that Canada has to allow U.S. farmers more access to its dairy markets. And people said it would be bad to elect a bully as president, but now America is literally taking Canada's milk money, so <laughs> I guess it worked. It worked. And, and jokes aside, jokes aside, this deal looks like it'll help American car makers and farmers and protect a lot of U.S.-based jobs. And the best part is, we're already seeing a 300% increase in Trump's bragging. I'm thrilled to speak to the American people to share truly historic news for our nation and indeed for the world. People know how good it is. It's an amazing deal for a lot of people. People are coming out for this one and saying, that's incredible what we've been able to do. Okay, now, I... I... I don't know if this is historic news for the entire world, but it is a big deal, so I understand why Donald Trump wanted to take a victory lap, and clearly he took that victory lap inside a tanning bed, because... <laughs> no, because I don't know what's going on there. But we haven't seen his skin that pumpkin spice in a while. Like, <laughs> what is happening there? And President Trump was so happy with his new NAFTA that even when reporters changed the subject to Brett Kavanaugh and sexual assault, instead of getting angry, he just implicated everybody with a smile. I happen to know some United States senators. One who is on the other side, who's pretty aggressive. I've seen that person in very bad situations, okay? I mean, there are bad reports on everybody in here. Most of the people sitting down there bad, except for Mike Pence, by the way. And if we find one on him, then I'm, I think that's, that's gonna be, that'll be the greatest shock of all time. Okay, I'll, I'll admit, that's, that's a funny joke, but, but I don't know if I agree with the premise, because let's be honest, a lot of the time it's the squeaky clean person who has the darkest secrets. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we found out that Mike Pence had a secret S&M diaper fetish. You know, just in his, in his dungeon, like, mother, I've gone boom, boom in my pantaloons. Punish me, mom. Punish me, mother. So, just, just to go back, Trump's response to a question about sexual misconduct was, Democrats, Republicans, we're all scumbags, forget about it. <laughs> oh, and, and the president doesn't seem particularly concerned about Kavanaugh's history of extreme drinking. I think the judge has been uh, pretty amazing about describing his situation with alcohol and with beer. I'm just saying, I'm not a drinker. I can honestly say I never had a beer in my life, okay? 
Right. It's one of my only good traits. I don't drink. Whenever they're looking for something good, I say, I've never had a glass of alcohol. I've never had alcohol. I've just, you know, for whatever reason. Can you imagine if I had what a mess I'd be? Would I be the, I'd be the world's worst. I never thought I'd say these words, but I totally agree with Donald Trump. Totally. Him plus alcohol? Yo, it's time for the rest of us to find a planet. Are you serious? This is going to another planet. Although, I, I think that Trump is so crazy that he's the one guy who would become a better person when he's drunk. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if when he drank, he was like, okay, everyone, time for shots. So many shots, 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 shots. And then he's like, oh, mm. oh. After studying the geopolitical situation in the Middle East, <laughs> it's clear to see that brute force is not adequate in suppressing Wahhabism. Jesus, I'm blessed. So blessed. So, today was a good day for the president. Uh, he defended Brett Kavanaugh without breaking a sweat. He unveiled his new deal with America's neighbors. And he even walked away from his new deal culturally enriched. I think the press has treated me unbelievably unfairly. They're worse now than ever. They're loco, but that's okay. I put up with it. Go ahead. Uh, Thank I you, use Mr. that president. word because of the fact that we made a deal with Mexico. This guy's gonna kill us all, but he's a comedy legend, you have to admit. Because he makes it sound like he got the word loco as part of the trade deal, right? Like he was in the meeting, I was like, and one more thing, we wanna be able to say loco. And the Mexican was like, Mr. Trump, you can say it anytime. Yes, art of the deal. We'll be right back. My guest tonight is the chair of African-American studies at Emory University and a New York Times best-selling author whose latest book is called One Person, No Vote, How Voter Suppression is Destroying Our Democracy. Please welcome Carol Anderson. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's so... Wonderful having you here. Um, you wrote a book called White Rage, which was a New York Times bestseller, yes. where you spoke in depth about how America is dealing with an issue that it really hasn't dealt with completely, which is the rage that many white people feel at what appears to be America changing. This book is, is I guess, based in some way off of that, yeah. and yet is a completely different topic. One person, no votes. Voter suppression destroying our democracy. How bad and how big do you believe voter suppression actually is? I think it is massive. Um, we have had millions of people blocked from voting. We have had millions purged from the rolls who had been on the voter rolls. The purging and the voter suppression has been so intense that we have Donald Trump in the White House right now. That's the power of voter suppression. The... The numbers in, in the 2016 election, mm -hmm. especially in and around the black vote, were really interesting. You, you saw in key states, in swing states, where voter turnout dropped from, it may have been like 78,000 people turning out and dropped to below 50,000, or, you know? You saw, you saw drastic drops. Now, some people have argued that that was because Hillary Clinton didn't motivate black voters to come out. 
But you've looked at the data, you've analyzed a lot of the information, and it seems like there's been a systematic effort to remove people of color from the voting rolls. Right. But why, why people of color, though? And I believe why people of color, um, besides being just snide and saying, duh, it's been that way for a long time, it's because that after the 2008 election with Barack Obama, Barack Obama brought 15 million new voters to the polls with that incredible ground game. Wow. They were overwhelmingly black, Latino, young, poor. And, and with that, then... The Republican Party that has moved further and further to the right and has become more and more white um, and, and their policies have become more right wing. They, they don't have policies that resonate with the growing diversity of America. Right. And so instead of thinking about how do we reform this party so that it, it, it resonates with America, that our policies are really strong and talk about benefiting more Americans. Instead, what they decided to do was to suppress the vote. There are some there are some really scary parts of the book where I, I read about things I never knew before. I knew about the larger picture of voter suppression in certain states and certain places. Mm -hmm. But you read about how so many people have been stripped of their rights. Now, the argument the other way from people like Chris Kobach, uh, you know, from Donald Trump and his team has been, we are protecting democracy. That's why we scrub people of voter rolls. If they've died, if they no longer respond to mail, then why are we keeping, on, keeping them on the voter rolls? How do you respond to that? Yeah, and I respond to that because one of the ways that this works and why it's so effective is that they're able to use that cover of being reasonable. You know, we're just keeping the voter rolls up. But when you really look at what they're doing, is that those, the people that they're scrubbing, they're not scrubbing people who have moved or who have died overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly, who they're scrubbing are people who are African-Americans, people who are young, people who are poor. And they're doing it by the characteristics. Um, so they can't say, oh, we don't want black people to vote because there's still this thing called the 15th Amendment. Right. Although the Voting Rights Act got gutted by the Supreme Court, there's still this thing called the 15th Amendment. So what they do is they go after the characteristics of a people, societally imposed characteristics. They go after those things like um, if you move a lot, and we know that people move a lot, particularly if you're poor, you don't stay in the same house forever. Right. That moving then becomes a, a reason to, to knock people off the rolls. They say, and one of the things that we also know, characteristics, is that um, young people, minorities, they don't, and students, they, they don't vote regularly. So they start knocking people off the rolls for not voting regularly. And so they use those characteristics, and those are the characteristics of people who don't overwhelmingly vote for Republicans. Right. Yeah. When you, when you look at the, the numbers, and you look at how impactful this could actually be. Mm -hmm. The argument is always met with, yes, but look at how much voter fraud there is. Now, we talked briefly about this, but overwhelmingly, most Americans believe that voter fraud is a very definite threat. Absolutely. And that has been a well-cultivated myth. Um, it has born, it was born up out of the 2000 election, that horrible election with hanging chads. Right. And, and that myth of massive rampant voter fraud coming out of the cities, uh, stealing our elections. Except when they really went hunting for it, they couldn't find it. Um, Justin Levitt, a, a law professor out of California, he looked and he went from 2000 to 2014. Out of one billion votes, he was able to identify 31 cases, 31 out of 1 billion votes. 
of voter impersonation fraud. When Chris Kobach, the Secretary of State that you mentioned, who helped um, head up Trump's Election Integrity Commission, um, in their report, which was all about when Trump said five million voters have come in and I would have won the popular vote. That's a great Trump, by the way. Thank you, thank you. It's not as good as yours. You know, when he said, you know, he's got five million, then they went hunting and they couldn't find it. I mean, the pages are blank when it says voter fraud. His commission's looking, blank pages. It's not there. When Greg Abbott, out of Texas, is arguing for voter ID and Judge Ramos is saying, okay, you've got rampant voter fraud. Where, where? And he's like, it's rampant. She's like, where? How many? It's a lot, rampant, how many? Two, and I'm like, is that rampant? The, the argument I've seen a lot of people parrot with, with a lot of confidence is it's not suppression. What we're doing is making sure that the integrity of our election is maintained. And so they say, we're not purging people or we're not restricting them from voting. We're just saying that everyone needs an, a voter ID. Now, I understand it, but if you were explaining to someone who is genuinely well-intentioned, mm-hmm. someone who says, I don't understand, why is it so, so hard or why is it so difficult for, for the government to say, well, why is it so bad for the government to say everyone should have a voter ID that is issued by the government or at the DMV? Why, why is that so much to ask? Okay, and so let me just give you a couple of examples about how that really works. Because part of, again, the way that it sounds so reasonable, because you need an ID, you know, what Trump said, you need an ID to go buy groceries. Right. I, I, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> but... As we all know, it it doesn't quite work that way. So for instance, in Alabama, Alabama said you got to have a government issued photo ID. And then said, but your public housing ID does not count. Now, Alabama's a poor state. They've got lots of public housing. 71% of those on public housing, in public housing in Alabama are African-American. For many, that's the only ID they have. So you automatically wiped away that type of government-issued photo ID because public housing is government-issued. Right. Okay. Then Alabama shut down the Department of Motor Vehicles in the Black Belt counties. And so now people were going to have to go 50 miles to get a driver's license. But if you don't drive, how are you going to go 50 miles? And you don't have public transportation. So what you do is you create an obstacle. Right. And then you create an obstacle to the obstacle. And you make it so difficult for people who are already working their hardest to make it, to now be able to just access their basic right to vote. We see this in state after state. North Carolina, the Fourth Circuit said, you have targeted African-Americans with nearly surgical precision. So these states, they make it sound innocuous. Oh, you need an ID, but it's not any ID. In Indiana, you need to have a driver's license to get a birth certificate. But to get a birth certificate, you need a driver's license. (laughs) That's brilliant. (laughs) It's genuinely brilliant. Really? (laughs) Let's look to the future. Yes. We have elections coming up. Yes. You have midterms happening in America. You also have the presidential election, which will be on its way shortly after that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything people on the ground can do? What can people do to protect their votes? Yes, absolutely. So there are several things. Um, one is 
you have to register to vote. And there are organizations that are on the ground helping people like get the identification, get the documents they need right. in order to get the identification. Um, organizations like Vote Writers that are, that are doing that work. Um, also, when you're registered, check your, um, the Secretaries of State's uh, voter registration page to make sure you're registered to vote because they are notorious for purging people off the list, even well, closely, uh, close to an election. Wow. So you think that you're registered to vote, you go in to vote, and boom, your name's nowhere there, and then you're getting the runaround. Right. So that checking regularly, I check every week, and then I print off a copy so that I've got documentation that I am actually registered to vote and that this is my polling place. I, say, I think the other thing is really important is to help others so that you're volunteering, you're, you're, you know, you've got election poll workers and, and you're, you're paying attention to what's happening at the polls when somebody's getting the runaround. I think that that is really important as well. And there are organizations like the Lawyers Committee right. that's, that's doing that incredible work. So that's what we can do. And register. We, the, uh, the deadline is coming up in early October. Register to vote because we cannot be part of the solution if we're just sitting there on, and, and not participating. We've got to vote. Thank you so much for being on the show. One person, no vote, is available now. Scary and fascinating. Carol Anderson, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.